Welcome to the Grace Avenue Church Podcast, where we believe that the grace of God is yours to live. It is our prayer that this message will help you experience God's freedom, live your potential, and make the impact you were created for. Now here's the message. Well, hey, good morning, everybody. How you feeling? Feeling good? Feeling good? All right. Um, I want to honor our pastors this morning, Pastor Daniel and Janelle. Can we give it up for them today? Super grateful that, what is it now, nine years ago, uh, God laid it on our pastor's hearts to start something, and in faith, and um, just commitment, and excitement, and um, pressure, uh, it, it happened, and it, and it started, and God's been growing something for the last nine years called Grace Avenue Church, which is really, really exciting. Um, birthing new leaders and developing uh, those who they recognize, you know, God's call is on their life, and um, that, that's me and that's you uh, this morning, and so we're super grateful for what God's doing here. Um, Pastor Daniel is um, not with us this morning. He's visiting another church, and so we've got three pastors up. Pastor John just preached the, the 9 a.m., and I'm on for the 10.15. If you want to stay and hear Pastor Henry for the 1145 as well. Each service today is going to look totally different, so it's really cool. It's like Grace Avenue Kaleidoscope. Um, how many of y'all love the weather today? Oh, man. It's probably the, the most beautiful day in San Antonio like ever. Like this is, the best, this is the best day we get, right? It only gets worse, hotter and colder from here. So today, just enjoy today. God gave us today. It's the day that the Lord has made. We will rejoice and soak up every minute of it. Um, so I'm loving this weather. I love uh, being able to play outside with the kids. I'm seeing my neighbors around my neighborhood. You know, they're, they're out uh, playing with yard toys and things like that. And I'm like, this is so crazy we, that, that this happens, like in San Antonio, that people are outside. You know, the, the the park has got like new picnic tables and there's lights on, you know, because we're out long enough for it to be dark and the kids still want to play. And, you know, uh, so it's just an exciting time, I think, in uh, in the season right now. Our, our church is also in a season, which is uh, a beautiful segue. You see what I did there? Um God is doing some really incredible things I think we can celebrate, that we can really enjoy and lean into this season of what God's doing in our church. And um, we, we've been in a series called Stone for Flesh, pretty gory, but um, it's what God's doing inside of, of our hearts. It's based on the scripture where he says um, he will give us a heart of flesh and in exchange for the heart of stone. That God comes in and the work that he does inside of us changes our hearts of stone into a heart of flesh that's able to feel, that's able to believe, that's able to um, walk out and live out what, what God has for our lives. And so Pastor Daniel opened it up with um, a people after God's heart. Then we moved on the second week to an undivided heart. Y'all remember these messages? And then last week it was redefining greatness. It was really the heart behind greatness and, and taking um, a, a servant's seat instead of the, the, the highest seat in the house. And um, so I love that we've been in a series about the heart because um, I wrote a song once called Feel It In Your Heart. And um, that's not even in my notes. I just spit that out there just as a piece of trivia for you this morning. But um, I love that God works inside of our hearts and he does something that is recognizable uh, to those who are observing our lives. And so this morning, the title that I have for you for this message, and I've got 20 minutes, so I hope I can get through this content and that you get the right things out of it, um, and I don't ramble too much. I tend to talk fast. My wife is always telling me to slow down, um, 
even when I was on stage performing, she used to tell me, she was like, it was great, but your, your, your movements are really fast. So um, just slow them down and they'll look more intentional. Right, babe? Yeah. Um, so today, the title for this message is Church Heart. Church Heart, all right? A heart for the church. I love the church. I've been a part of the church since I can remember. My parents have been Christians, so I'm a second generation, well, third generation uh, Christian. And um, so all of my life, my childhood, growing up, I've been in and around church, started into worship when I was about 13 years old. A pastor of mine taught me how to play the guitar, and we would go and we would lead worship bedside um, in nursing homes. And so we would get to see people um, at the end of their life and, and the latter stages of life, and we would get to sing songs like Amazing Grace and Come and Dine and all of the great hymns, How Great Thou Art. And so those are the songs that I learned how to play on the acoustic guitar, bedside older men and women in, in nursing homes. Um, such a unique, that's everybody's story, right? It's, you know, everybody has that story. Um, so nothing new there. But um, church has really shaped everything that I know about life. Growing up, um, even technology. I wouldn't know what I know about computers if it wasn't for the church because my youth pastor, when I was in my teenage years, gave me an opportunity to serve. And um, we were in the season of, of, of church where there was this thing on stage. Pastor Daniels talked about this in the past that he used to do this as well, where you would change out these transparency slides and they would be on the projector, the old school projector, and they would show up here on the screen, if anybody remembers that. And then sometimes um, if the worship leader changed the song in the set, you have to write out the lyrics to the songs and you're hoping that your penmanship was legible, you know, so that people could actually worship. Like um, if you didn't have good handwriting, people didn't get a worship because they're like, I don't know what this song's talking about. Um, you know, so you're hoping that you had good penmanship so that people could actually worship Jesus. But we, we would flip those, you know, whether it was um, a verse by verse or sometimes the whole song would be on there, you know, so you just, we didn't save anything, you know, we didn't uh, roll it out. Like our visuals today would have blown people's minds back in, in the 90s and the 2000s. Like we've got motion videos now and stuff and they change um, per song and we can just put line by by line up on the screen. We're so blessed. We, we, we literally are uh, with technology. But I, I got to learn about computers. I got to help integrate um, ProPresenter. Um, actually, I'm sorry, it was PowerPoint back then when we changed out from the projector and the slides. When we, when we put a computer in and a projector in that we could show PowerPoint slides on. And so um, then, then I'm, I, uh, I was leading worship. I was building a worship team. And then I met and married my wife, um, we, we met in the church. She was on three worship teams. I was only on one, so that will give you a clue into who's more talented in our family. But um, um, Ashley, actually, she played the, the flute. She was a flautist all through middle school and high school. And uh, so she was on three worship teams at our, at our last church. They had, they had different um, teams that would rotate each, each week. And so she was on all the teams, on all the teams. And so I was like, Lord, this is a sign. I see this girl every single week. So when we first came to the church, I was just like um, worshiping Jesus but falling in love with his servant. Um, and so the, the church is such a part of, of my life. Um, and I, I want to just express that this is a good thing that we're doing here today. We come together, uh, and our, the goal for the church is that we grow in knowledge and in practice. 
So if we just sit here and learn about God, um, but we don't ever walk out the things that we're learning, uh, we are... Uh, not experiencing the fullness of what he has for our lives. Um, he wants us to not only know, but also to do, uh, to, to take away and to walk out what he has in his word for our lives. Um, I want to open up with a verse in Colossians chapter 3. There's going to be uh, a bit of scripture this morning, so get ready to flip pages or write in your, in your phones uh, these passages. So Colossians chapter 3, uh, verses 12 through 17, it says, Therefore, As God's chosen people, that's me and you, holy and dearly loved, clothe yourselves with compassion, kindness, humility, gentleness, and patience. How many of y'all have all of those down? Kindness, compassion, humility, gentleness, and patience. We're all perfect, so we can just move on. Bear with each other and forgive one another if any of you have a grievance against someone. Forgive as the Lord forgave you. Forgive as the Lord forgave you. Wait a second. We can pause right there. Like, that's enough just for today in and of itself. What have you been forgiven of? Everything, right? Forgive as the Lord forgave you. And over all these virtues, put on love. Remember that phrase right there. Put on love, which binds them all together in perfect unity. Verse 15. Let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts, since as members of one body you were called to peace. And be thankful. Why does he just keep spitting out bombs like this? It's like you were called to peace and be thankful. Like there's a message in every single one of these short little sentences. Let the message of Christ dwell among you richly as you teach and admonish one another with all wisdom. Who has that? All wisdom. All the wisdom. I'm I'm looking for somebody who has all the wisdom. Um, With all wisdom through psalms, hymns, songs from the Spirit. Singing to God with gratitude in your hearts. Um, somebody get like a revelation just now of why we have worship music in the church. Um, some people might have thought that it was just to entertain ourselves before the message, but um, it's actually written in the Bible to do that. So um, with psalms, hymns, songs from the Spirit, singing to God with gratitude in your hearts. And then verse 17, whatever you do, whether in word or deed, do it all in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks, there's giving thanks again, to God the Father through him. So um, I want to look at this idea that Christ is rolling out for us in um, Colossians, that the church is a people. The church is a people. It says God's chosen people, holy and dearly loved. He's not talking about the walls here of this place. And I think we can remind ourselves about this every single week that we gather together in this place. Because so many of us, our language is still, I'm going to church, right? I'm going to go to church um, as if this is the holy place, you know, as if these walls are what it's all about. Or as if this is a weekly religious obligation. Some of us kind of fall in that camp, you know. It's like, I'm going to go to church because that's what God expects of me as a good Christian to do, to go to church every Sunday. Um, He actually says, do not forsake the assembly of the brothers, um, which is the word ekklesia in the Greek. I'm pulling out some Greek this morning. Ekklesia, which means congregation or to congregate um, as an assembly, uh, to come together as a people. That's what the church is. I think we cannot remind ourselves of that enough because as we want a church heart, title of the message this morning, we need to identify and define in ourselves. Every time we hear the word church, we think people. 
Every time we hear the word church, we, we need to think people and not the building. Because if we're asking God to give us a heart for the church, um, he doesn't want us to fall in love with 12,000 Starcrests. I'm just going to be honest. You know, this is a temporary, this is my temporary home. Um, you know, it, it's not, I don't know the rest of it. But um, I was going to sing the rest of it, but I don't know the rest of it. But he doesn't want us to fall in love with the, with the brick and mortar and, and, and this place and these walls. He wants us to fall in love with each other and what that looks like in doing life together as the church. Galatians 6.2 gives us some insight into what the church is, should be about. It says, bear one another's burdens and so fulfill the law of Christ. Uh, Jesus started something in the first part of the book of Acts called the church. When he ascended into heaven to be with the Father, um, he told the disciples uh, that were the first church to wait together in Jerusalem until something would happen, until the Holy Spirit would come and fill that place and then they could go out and be witnesses all over the place. He told them to wait. He said to gather together, to come together to assemble, to ecclesia, and to wait for the Holy Spirit to come and move among them. Before that, he had told the disciples, uh, giving them some insight. He said, it's actually better for you that I go. The disciples were hoping that Jesus would set up his own kingdom there in Jerusalem, that he would overthrow uh, the Roman government at the time, and that he would become the king. And that's what a lot of people when, um, on Palm Sunday, when they were waving the palm branches, when Jesus came riding into town, that's what they were hoping he would do. He would come in and conquer and become a new king and set up an earthly kingdom. But he told the disciples in John 16, 7, he says, nevertheless, he had been talking about things that are going to happen to them. Um, and he said, don't, don't be discouraged. He says in seven, nevertheless, I tell you the truth. It is to your advantage that I go away. For I, if I do not go away, the helper will not come to you. But if I go, I will send him to you. And I want to give you some insight this morning. If you don't know the Holy Spirit, you don't know the power of the church. The Holy Spirit is the helper. Jesus called the Holy Spirit the helper. What's the Holy Spirit supposed to help us do? Uh, it's supposed to help us be the church, to walk out the, the principles and the lifestyle um, that, that God wants us to walk out. Because if we're trying to do this church thing on our own, we're going to get tired. If it's our own strength, we're going to get tired. Church isn't easy. And honestly, many have given up on it. There's a lot of people who have said, it's too hard. It's too hard. But I think it might have been because they weren't accessing the gift that Christ wanted to give us. I'm not saying people who have left the church don't have the Holy Spirit because we get a measure of the Holy Spirit at salvation, right? But um, without the power of the Holy Spirit, we're going to get tired because we're going to be moving in our own strength. So we need the power of the Holy Spirit. Um, this life in Christ is not a do-it-on-your-own strength life. It's a, I need the Holy Spirit to show me the way life. Because church is this, as we gather, as we assemble, uh, church is sanctification. And if you know what, what that word is, it's the process of becoming like Christ, right? Um, continually, over and over again, the reason we do come together every week is that we have things to work out of our lives. I don't know if you can put your hand up today and say, nope, I'm perfect, I don't need to change. Nothing in my life needs to look any different. I've got it all 
right? Everything is on point. You know, I cannot put my hand up and say that. Jesus is still working on places in my heart and in my life. Um, And so sanctification is the process of becoming more like Christ. Um, And some of us actually get upset with the church, with each other, when the church is doing exactly what it's meant to do. And what's it meant to do? It's meant to point out our flaws. The church is supposed to highlight the areas that need to be changed in our lives. Like rubbing up against each other in life together, it's meant to show us where we need to change. And it's also meant to help um, carry one another and, and do life together. To, the Bible says to bear one another's burdens. But uh, I'm going to shoot a couple of sentences at you real quick. The church is where we change. The church is where we find family. The church is where we find our, our true selves and our full potential. The church is where we get better. If we lean in, we get better. We're able to see that God is working on us. He does have a plan for us. That though we may hit some walls or some speed bumps at times, God is wanting to do a work inside of our hearts and our lives. And if you have church heart, title of the message, if you have church heart, you can go through some church hurt, which traps some people up. Some people, all they carry in is church hurt because someone in the church has hurt them or highlighted something in them, an area where they needed to change, and that's it. That's where they draw the line. Nope, I'm out. I'm out. I can't do this anymore. This is too hard. Um, But if you have church heart and you love the church, you can have some church hurt and still love the church. You can go through some really difficult things. You can go through some disappointments in um, your life where other people have not met your expectations. You know, some of us come to church and we have expectations. Whether we say them or not, we're sitting here looking at what's happening. Um, you know, the, the guy on the base didn't smile enough this morning. You know, that's enough for me to leave. You know, he, he, he didn't care. They let a guy on, on stage who doesn't smile enough. Derek, I don't know if you smiled enough today or not, but hey, all right, man. Um, but there's, we can, it could be the smallest things, but it could also be some of the biggest things. You know, somebody promised you something, and they didn't fulfill their promise, you know. Um, or, God forbid, a, um, a pastor actually fails. And that's my story, is that, you know, we were in a place of ministry, and, and the pastor, a good friend of mine, actually had, had a failure. And we had, my family and I had an opportunity to, to shrug it off and say, you know what, done with church, like that's it. Um, but God is still good and we still need to love the church because that's what Jesus left for us. He, he, I believe, and through pain and through suffering um, and through opportunity uh, and, and through the roller coaster, really that, that church is, um, you get to experience the full beauty of it. You know, this world is broken and we're, we're flawed people. Um, and so we shouldn't be surprised when somebody fails. We, we shouldn't be surprised when somebody makes a mistake. And we should be able to continue to press in to the fullness of what God wants us to do and, and get through some of that stuff. John uh, chapter 13, verse 35 says this. It says, your love for one another will prove to the world that you are my disciples. And I want to read um, what the Bible says the definition of love is because the world gives us um, a different view of love, I think, than what the Bible does. And so let's just read the Bible's definition of love. 1 Corinthians 13, 4 through 8, it says, Love is patient and kind. Love does not envy or boast. It is not arrogant or rude. It does not insist on its own way. I fail. 
It is not irritable or resentful. It does not rejoice at wrongdoing. How many of y'all have a hard time celebrating somebody else's victory? Is it just me? When, when, some, when somebody gets something else, when they get something nice, and I haven't gotten anything nice in a while, it's hard to celebrate somebody else's promotion or their new car or their house or their spouse. I've been waiting for a, a, a husband or a wife for a long time, and they got married, and it's, it's hard to celebrate somebody else's victory sometime, right? It's hard to celebrate the, uh, the growth in, in someone else's life. But everybody's on a path of sanctification, right? Everybody's on a journey, and we need to bear one another's burdens uh, instead of, instead of get, get upset at them because God's doing something in their life. You're not in control of their journey. Jesus is. The Holy Spirit is at work in each one of our lives, and it looks different for every single one of us. But we're all in it together. All right. Verse 6. It does not rejoice at wrongdoing, but rejoices with the truth. And then here's verse 7. Love bears all things, believes all things, hopes all things, endures all things. Love never ends. And then it lists some things that are really, really high um, priorities and values in our faith. It says prophecy will pass away. It says tongues will cease. Knowledge will pass away, but love never ends. So there's one thing that God is wanting us to move our lives forward and toward more than anything else. Uh, there's some strong tenets of our faith that you could hinge, um, you know, our beliefs upon, but love reigns above all of them. And you know why I think it is? It's because God is love. So ultimately, our, our devotion and our attention and our journey is, is just to get to God, uh, to know him. Uh, really quickly, I'm out of time. It's um, the Holy Spirit through sanctification leads us into a few things. Uh, the first one is baptism. We had baptism Sunday last week. And, you know, it's crazy. I was talking to some people this, this week. And somebody going under the water and then coming back out shouldn't be very significant, right? Like, we do it in the summer at the swimming pool all the time. And nobody cries about it, you know. Like, my son does cannonballs uh, into the swimming pool every single summer. And when he, get, you know, when he gets back out, I don't cry about it. But, like, when, um, when we baptize somebody on a Sunday morning here at Grace Avenue Church, there is something spiritual happening and electric happening when, um, when Ed Edward hugged Pastor John last Sunday after he got out of the tank. It was like a long hug. And some, you know, some people, it's like if the hug is, I, I read that a hug usually only lasts for a maximum of three seconds, right? Um, and then it starts to get awkward. Well, this was an awkward hug. But it's because, dude, when he turned around and I saw his face, oh my gosh, like something more than just going under the water and coming back up is happening. Um, so we're being raised into new life. Uh, the Holy Spirit leads us into generosity, which is to bear one another's burdens. You know, uh, there have been times where my family have actually has actually fallen on hard times. I've been in and out of bands, and musicians don't make any money anyway. And so uh, my wife has done a really good job. God bless her for keeping a stable job. And so there's been times where in our lives we've we've needed some finances, and someone in the church God laid it on their heart through the Holy Spirit uh, to to be generous toward us. And it helped get us through uh, a difficult patch to where then circumstances turned back around. And we were able to then, we've been able to bless other people as well. And that's something that God works. I love the church. I have a church heart because the church helps each other. And then um, 
the Holy Spirit leads us into, well, let me just read this. This is really powerful. In the early church, in Acts 4.34, and you can go ahead and start playing, man. Um, in Acts 4.34, it says, There was not a needy person among them, for as many as were owners of lands or houses sold them and brought the proceeds of what was sold so that they could meet the needs of the whole community. Um, that, it's so beautiful to see that that's what the early church, that's how we started, is that people were meeting one another's needs. And then community. My last point here is community. Church heart is a we heart, not a me heart. It's not just about what I can get out of this. It's what I can give and what we can do together, what we can be together. I just want to redefine for us today that, that church is people. It's not a place. So every time we think church, every time we say church now moving forward, this is a, a, a maturing point for a believer. As you've gotten saved, you've come to the foot of the cross, Jesus transformed your life. You realize I need forgiveness. I need salvation. And he dropped that love bomb into your heart uh, one day, whether it was a Sunday morning or whether you were by yourself and, and God just pulled on your heart. And you gave your life to him uh, for the first time. That's step one. We never, we never leave there because we always need the cross. We always need salvation. But then as God is growing us, he begins to show us how life is supposed to be meant um, to be lived together, to be the church to be the church. We're not supposed to be alone. And I want to, I wanted to speak this message today because it's in direct contrast to what the world is trying to teach us these days, which is to be self-made, right? especially as Americans, right? Our, our pride is in the fact that we did it all on our own. I worked hard. Nobody gave me a dime. You know, I made everything on my own. I got here by myself. But Jesus is trying to show us through the Holy Spirit, we, we're supposed to be known. Someone's supposed to know your life. Someone's supposed to walk with you to see that you are experiencing a hard time and say, what can I do? Can I just pray with you? Sometimes it, maybe it's just a prayer. Maybe they don't have enough money to, to meet your need. You know, maybe they can't put new tires on your car right now. Somebody might be able to do that. But unless you're known, unless somebody knows your life, they're not going to know your needs. You have to let somebody in. You can't just, Holy Spirit, I'm going to go to church this morning. And, and I want you to speak to somebody about what I need in my life. But I'm not going to tell anybody. I'm not going to talk about it. I'm just waiting for the Lord to direct somebody else. You know, it's funny. He will do that. He will do that. I've seen it happen. Um, but it's so much easier, I think, for Jesus if he's just like, just open your mouth, stupid. Like, tell somebody. Tell somebody about your need. You know, let somebody in. Let somebody know. Don't let them guess. You know, we, we prophesy in part and we know in part. But for a prophet, that's the scariest part, right? It's like hoping that Jesus spoke to you. And I know it is for me when I'm trying to, when I'm trying to operate in that gift and I'm trying to encourage somebody's heart and encourage somebody's life. It's like, man, I hope this is on. You know, I hope this is right. I hope this, does that resonate with you? You know, I, I usually approach it with like, I'm, I'm feeling like the Lord told me this, but if I'm off, you just tell me, okay? You know, because I'm practicing. I'm pra we're all practicing this faith thing, right? We're all practicing community. We're all practicing church. We're trying to get better. We're trying to learn God and his heart for us. And in closing, this morning, um, I, have, I read a quote this past week, and it just it hit me so strong. Um, it said, many men have tried to call themselves a God, but only one God became a man. Would you close your eyes with me? Lord, we're so thankful 
for your presence in this place, for what you're doing here this morning, Lord, that you take people like me, you take people like those that I'm speaking to this morning, and you see how messy our lives are and how messy our, our hearts are. Lord, how messy our thoughts are and our motivations and our temptations and our struggles and our needs. Lord, your church is a needy people. Why do you love us so much? God, and we're saying we need you this morning to help redefine for us what it looks like to live in community with each other, to redefine the word church. We hear it so many times, God, and we think it's a building. We think we're just coming to church, but we need to think about the people. Lord, put someone in our minds when we're on our way to this place on a Sunday morning. Remind us about the relationship that we started last week that we can continue to build on this week and we continue to grow in this week. I pray that you would bring people's minds, um, uh, bring people's faces to our minds throughout the week. Lord, that you would just start a revolution of church heart, that we would begin to love the people that you've surrounded us with. God, that it's, it's not too hard. Help us to embrace the heart so we can have your heart, Lord, of, of bumping up against each other and of seeing our failures and wanting to get better. I thank you for growth today, that you would begin to grow each and every person in this room into the full potential that you know they have inside of each one of them. Lord God, so that we would have no lack, but we would see everything that you want us to see. Give us your eyes. Give us your heart. Help us to be your hands, to do your work, in this life, you've given us one life, Father, and I pray that you would help us to maximize it, that we would understand what you understand. We would see what you see. Elevate us, Lord. We need to get inside the helicopter that you're flying in to see this church, to see this world from your perspective. Lift us up out of a me mindset. Give us a, a we heart, Lord. Give us a heart that looks to one another. That if someone is coming in that didn't hear this message, that doesn't know that they're supposed to share their needs with somebody, and we run into them this week at the grocery store, at the gas station, next Sunday in the lobby, or maybe we're sitting next to them at the 1145 listening to Pastor Henry's message, and they don't know that they're supposed to share their needs with somebody here at church, I pray you would speak to us and help us to meet those needs that we would be a community of believers that wants the best for one another. In Jesus' name. And if you're here this morning, your heart's being stirred. You might be feeling like you need to get your, your blood pressure checked after church because your heart's pumping so fast this morning. But if you feel the tug of the Holy Spirit and the knock on the door, the Bible says that the Lord draws all men to himself. Every man and every woman has an opportunity to respond to the calling of God and the gift of salvation. And if that's you here today, would you say this prayer with me right now? A whole church, let's pray and let's say it together. Say, dear Jesus, I give you my life. I want what you have for me. Thank you for dying on the cross and rising again to prove your love from my heart. Thank you that you haven't stopped chasing me with all the love 
that you have for me. Help me to change now and live with a heart for your church from this day forward. In Jesus' name, amen. If you would like the most up-to-date information about Grace Avenue Church or you are looking for a way to support this ministry, please visit us online at graceavenuechurch.com. Thanks for listening.